Welcome to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches, featuring inspiring new devotionals and forums given each week on BYU campus. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. This devotional address entitled, Choose You This Day, Think Celestial, was given on January 16th of 2024 by Brett K. Natras, then General Authority 70 of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Throughout our marriage, Sister Natras and I have enjoyed watching athletic events, especially the Olympic Games. It is exhilarating to watch the best athletes in the world showcase their talents on the worldwide stage. Sister Natras' favorite event is figure skating. We were recently reminded of a family experience directly connected with the Games. Our son Bryce was seven years old at the time and was mesmerized with the half-pipe snowboarding competition. He would jump from couch to couch in our family room, pretending to be a world-class snowboarder. One evening, when I returned home from work, my wife greeted me by saying, you need to talk with your son. When she used the term your, it implied that our son had done something that would never happen in her family. (laughs) It must have been something caused by some faulty DNA I had passed on. She then proceeded to share the events of the day. After lunch, she heard a loud thud in the front room, followed by a squeal from Bryce. She entered the room to find Bryce writhing in pain. His younger brother was scolding him. You missed the pillow. (laughs) Upon upon further interrogation, Shauna learned that Bryce had jumped off our nine-foot balcony, pretending to be a half-pipe snowboarder. His younger brother was waiting below, holding a small pillow. (laughs) That was supposed to break his fall. (laughs) Shauna was more than a little upset, wondering why anyone would choose to jump off a nine-foot balcony. Thankfully, there were no broken bones. When I talked to Bryce, I learned that he had actually planned to do a flip off the balcony. (laughs) At the last moment, he decided to make a practice jump first. Given the consequences of the first jump, the second jump never materialized. When I asked Bryce why he made the jump, he simply said, Dad, I wouldn't have done it if I had known it would hurt so much. Thankfully, broken bones and sprained ankles can heal. Brothers and sisters, how many times in life do we cause ourselves pain and sorrow through poor choices? We live in a fast-paced world full of distractions and deceptions that can all hurt us. We also live at a time of great opportunity. This is a time that has been prophesied and anticipated by prophets throughout the history of the world. Because the Savior and His infinite atonement, we can be completely forgiven when we make ill-advised jumps. But you might say, what if I made a mistake? What if I have suffered a severe spiritual injury? My answer is simply this. The Savior Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died so that you might be healed again, so that you might be made whole. 
President Jeffrey R. Holland has said, I testify that you have not traveled beyond the reach of divine love. It is not possible for you to sink lower than the infinite light of Christ's atonement. Knowing that no one is perfect and that we all make mistakes, we will find peace and safety as we choose to think celestial. This is the key to receiving spiritual power from on high. That spiritual power will not just help us avoid pitfalls, it will help us achieve greatness. To illustrate how this works, I want to show you one of my favorite photos from Papua New Guinea. Now, pull out your phone or a pen and paper, and don't worry, this isn't a quiz. Take a look at this picture and write down the first three things you see. We'll take about 10 seconds to do that. Okay, now let's do an informal survey of what you noted. First, by raise of hands, how many saw the missionaries? Oh, good. How many noticed that this was a baptismal service? How many noticed the villagers standing at the top of the embankment? Okay, here's the, here's the golden question. How many noticed the men holding spears and axes? Let me provide some context for the spears and axes. A few days prior to the baptism, a young girl died when she was attacked by a large crocodile. The village came together to provide support and protection for this baptismal service. The people surrounded this sacred cove with boats and men with spears and axes to protect those who had made the decision to follow the Savior and be baptized. Here are a few questions to consider. Would you have had the faith to be baptized that particular day? Would you have volunteered to hold a spear or an axe in those murky waters? Now, without hesitation, these saints made the decision to be baptized and to hold the spears and the axes. These saints knew what it meant to, they, they knew what it meant to think celestial. Now, you may never face, you may, you may never come face to face to a crocodile, and you may never be asked to exercise your faith by entering muddy waters with danger lurking in the shadows. Instead, you have your own crocodiles to deal with. These challenges may come in many forms exams, papers, social media, evil influences, illness, depression, and of course, relationships, and the list goes on and on. Who you are becoming as sons and daughters of God is eternally important, and Satan knows it. Just like the crocodiles, he will try to distract you, take you, and destroy you. His destructive path leads to heartache, disappointment, and discouragement. Knowing these challenges, President Nelson has provided us with his prophetic counsel. I extend to members of the entire church the same charge I gave to our young adults last May. I urged them then, and I plead with you now, to take charge of your own testimony of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Work for it, 
nurture it so that it will grow, feed it truth. Don't pollute it with false philosophies of unbelieving men and women. As you make the continual strengthening of your testimony of Jesus Christ your highest priority, watch for miracles to happen in your life. Think for a moment about the magnitude of what the Lord's prophet has just said. As we make the continual strengthening of our testimony of Jesus Christ our highest priority, watch for miracles to happen in your life. A prophetic invitation with a promised blessing. Incredible. As we think celestial, our testimony of Jesus Christ will be strengthened. When I think of the blessings of a testimony, I think of how I obtained a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This happened when I was a little boy. I read one scripture that changed my life forever. It is a scripture that I go to when I need a spiritual lift. It is the scripture of Joseph Smith recounting his experience at the age of 14. He wanted to know which church was true. In connection with his desire, he went to a grove of trees not far from his home and prayed to his Father in heaven, seeking an answer. Of this experience, he said, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Brothers and sisters, I know I know that Joseph saw God the Father and his son Jesus Christ in that sacred grove. And because I know that he was a prophet of and because I know that he was a prophet of God, I know that God lives and that he answers prayers. I know that God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ are separate and distinct individuals, yet one in purpose. I know the fullness of the gospel was restored to prepare us for the Savior's second coming. This first vision marked the beginning of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the earth. Joseph Smith received a multitude of visitations from heavenly messengers where they restored the priesthood authority of God Moroni visited the prophet 20 different times in connection with the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. The restoration of the gospel has changed my life forever. It has changed the world. I have come to admire many of our modern-day pioneers who learned what I have learned, that God lives and loves his children. With this understanding, they have placed their faith in the Savior and his gospel. 
I recently became acquainted with the Abel family from the Wally branch in Medang. During our visit, Sister Abel explained that she had spent seven years searching for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When she first met the missionaries, she immediately recognized that they had been sent from God. She said, I could feel their power. I knew that I had found the truth. With tears streaming down her face, she said, Elder Natris, I know the gospel is true. I read the Book of Mormon to our five sons every day, and I bear my testimony to them every day. She and her husband have been preparing for five years to attend the temple. They're looking forward to when they can enter the house of the Lord, kneel around the holy altar of the temple with their children, and be sealed as a family for time and for all eternity. Every Sunday at 6 a.m., they joined the entire village to begin a four-hour walk to sacrament meeting, which begins at 10 a.m. With a smile, Brother Uligan explained that they climb over two mountains and cross five rivers. They do this with one thing in mind. They want to partake of the sacrament to renew their covenants with God. They want to always remember him. After their meetings, they make that same journey, crossing those same five rivers and scaling those same two mountains. Members of this village have been making this trek for five years. Five faithful years of walking, hiking, and waiting, followed by partaking of the sacred emblems of the sacrament. There is only one explanation why these saints endure and sacrifice so much. It is because they know that the gospel is true, and they choose to always remember him. They strive to think celestial. I have learned that the key to happiness, to peace and safety in this troubled world, is to heed the words of God's chosen servants, his prophets and his apostles. These brethren have given so many magnificent sermons. We quote them, we ponder them, and we apply them. However, I believe that the greatest sermons of these brethren are found in their exemplary lives. They are devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. When I am honored to be in their presence, without exception, I am lifted and inspired by their example, strengthened by their testimony, and feel the love of the Lord. They are special witnesses of the name of Jesus Christ to all the world. They have been foreordained to their calling. President Nelson said in his worldwide devotional to young adults, I believe that if the Lord were speaking directly to you, the first thing he would make sure you understand is your true identity. My dear friends, you are literally spirit children of God. No identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations. Child of God, child of the covenant, disciple of Jesus Christ. As we remember these eternal truths, the Lord has provided gifts that remind us of who we are. He has given us temples, the house of the Lord, where we learn of his great plan of happiness. In addition to receiving the blessings of temples, 
I would like to share with you three simple things that you can do every day that will make an eternal difference in your life. Three things that many stop doing at the first glimpse of trial and opposition. Here they are. And please, with me, first thing, put your hands together. Pray every day. When the Savior was... When the Savior carried the excruciating weight of the sins of the world, we read that, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So much can be learned from his perfect example. He taught us to pray always. The Savior said, the, the Savior said Pray in your families unto the Father always in my name, that your wives and your children may be blessed. So pray. The second one is read. Read the Book of Mormon every day. The Book of Mormon testifies of Christ and plainly teaches his doctrine. The Book of Mormon, combined with the Spirit, is our most powerful resource in conversion. The Savior is mentioned in every 1.7 verses. No surprise that our testimony of the Savior is strengthened as we read the Book of Mormon with real intent, having faith in Christ. The Lord himself has declared that the Book of Mormon is true. He said, As your Lord and your God liveth, it is true. President Nelson said, quote, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day. End quote. Who doesn't want those blessings? So pray, read, Serve. Service is the measuring stick of love. Some here might say, Elder Natris, I don't have time for a two-hour service project each day. That's not what I'm talking about here. Examples of serving each day are as simple as sending a text, I hope you have a good day. It could be a simple thank you to a friend or an I love you to your mother. It doesn't take much. But, it went, but when it comes to kindness, a little goes a long way. The Savior taught, For whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the Gospels, the same shall save it. If you want to find happiness, if you want to find yourself, then serve someone else. And then each week, Partake of the sacrament and renew your covenants with the Lord. Now, I know these measures sound simple, and they are very easy to do, but I promise that if we are faithful in these simple measures, we will find great joy and will be blessed with an increase of His Spirit to be with us. Remember, by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. Having said this, I know that life can be extremely challenging. Sometimes we experience things that are so devastatingly difficult that it causes us to tremble, to gasp for air, and to search for peace. 
During those times, more than ever, we need to seek for the guiding influence of the Holy Ghost. In July 2013, Sister Natras and I loaded up our four youngest children and moved to Gilbert, Arizona to serve as mission leaders. It was hard to leave our home, our family, and our friends in Idaho. However, our service in Arizona has proven to be one of the great blessings in our lives. We love our missionaries, and we love the people in the Arizona Gilbert Mission. In our second year, Sister Natras experienced some minor symptoms of discomfort. We sought medical attention from three different physicians and were given three different diagnoses. Then we made an appointment with a specialist, and he gave us the devastating news. Shauna had stage four cancer. The doctor advised us to make plans to return home and to put things in order. We fell to our knees in prayer. We sincerely felt the Lord's hand was in our call to serve and that we needed to stay. It was then that we discovered our mission was just a few miles away from a treatment center that specialized in the very cancer that Shauna was diagnosed with. Through a series of miracles, we were able to receive care at this hospital. Sister Natras endured a six-hour surgery, which was followed up by chemotherapy and radiation treatments. During this time, the Lord was watching over us and sent us an angel. The morning of Shauna's first chemotherapy treatment, a beautiful young patient asked, Is this your first time to chemotherapy? We nodded affirm- affirmatively. She was also there for chemotherapy and said, Can I help you? I know it can be scary the first time. She noticed our missionary tags and asked if we were missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When we told her yes, she responded with a smile, I'm a member of the Church. My parents are currently serving as temple president and matron in Mexico. Our angel's name was Raquel. She expressed her gratitude for the gospel of Jesus Christ and told us she had been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and this was soon after the birth of her third child. Her diagnosis was shocking, and her prognosis was even more devastating. Further tests showed that her cancer had metastasized to her spine, both legs, and all of her large bones. She was given a 5% chance of survival with six months to live. Raquel Raquel said this was a time of great reflection for her. She decided that if she only had six months left, she would spend her time serving the Lord. No matter how difficult her life and imminent death would be, she would spend the rest of her life serving the Lord and His children. She said, and I quote, Every day I live is a gift from God. What can I give back as my gift to him? She answered her own question. I need to share the gospel every day. This is why I'm still alive. At the time, she had been receiving chemotherapy treatment for seven years. Over the next several months, Raquel became a close friend to Shauna. She rearranged her schedule and attended each one. 
of Shauna's six-hour treatments. She would hold her hand, share her testimony, share her love and her time. She provided meals to our family and brought her daughters over to clean our house. During this time, she never once complained that she had a permanent IV port below her clavicle with what appeared to be a life sentence to her own chemotherapy treatments. We were also blessed by many of the local members and friends who ministered to Sister Natris in a spirit of love and to whom we are eternally grateful. We later met Raquel's husband. He confirmed what we already knew. He was married to an angel. He said, she never stops serving. Oftentimes, I come home for dinner only to be greeted by a total stranger. Usually, it's another cancer friend who needs to hear about the plan of salvation, who needs to understand that the Savior lives and loves his children. Now, many of our friends with whom we shared this experience of cancer and uncertainty have heroically passed through the veil, faithful and true to their covenants. I'm grateful that Shauna has been able to continue her journey in this mortal existence. Cancer has helped our family cherish each day. Each day is a gift. We live in a world filled with uncertainty. The eternal truth that never changes is that God lives and he loves his children. Raquel Kimball taught us how to have joy in the journey. She showed us what it meant to trust in the Lord, especially when the journey is difficult. She has blessed our lives and countless others. She showed us what it means to think celestial. Her two daughters are enrolled here at BYU. Raquel continues to love, to serve, and to bless the lives of others. We're grateful that she is here with us this morning. She is a miracle, as is Sister Natris. Brothers and sisters, as we continue in this mortal journey, let us think celestial by avoiding the spiritual crocodiles in our lives. Let us do the simple things that will strengthen our personal testimonies. Let us remember to pray every day to read the Book of Mormon every day. Find someone to serve, one kind act every day. Then each week, partake of the sacrament. Let us covenant that we will always, always remember him. Imagine for a moment what would happen if every student, all 30,000 of you, did these three things every day for the rest of your lives. It would be transformational. Doing these things will strengthen us, provide healing, and will help us to receive the guidance and direction we seek in our lives. It will also increase our desire to enter the house of the Lord. I testify that God is our Father and that He knows us personally. I further testify that Jesus Christ is the living Son of the living God. We are His work in His glory. I know that He lives. He is our Savior, our Redeemer, and our friend. 
It is my prayer that we will seek him and choose to follow him. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts, including classic speeches taken from our vast audio library, as well as other BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith. Come follow me, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.